This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. There's so many voices in our heads. It's a decision for all of us to turn the volume up on the one that we really need. You know, because you can hear the voice that says, oh, it's too late, you can't do this now. And there's another voice that says, well, you know, Lisa did it, or your mom did it, or your mother didn't do it, or whatever it is. You have all these little voices. And you have to really look around you, you know, notice how other people are, are making it work for them. Hello and welcome to our podcast. This is the place where we talk about all good things on this wild journey of life. I'm Lisa Oz. And I am Jill Herzig. And I think this is our first guest who I can genuinely call an icon that we have on our podcast today. That is true. Super honored. We have the iconic Marlo Thomas. Marlo, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, my gosh. We are, both of us are like in fan mode. A little starstruck. We'll we'll get over (laughs) it soon. (laughs) Well, you know, so I'm not going to read your whole resume. No, please don't. (laughs) You are an Emmy Award winning, Golden Globe winning, Grammy winning actress, producer, activist, author, humanitarian, philanthropist, and winner of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. What is the secret sauce to your success? Just hard work. I think it's following your own path, you know, Mm. running your own race. My dad once said to me years and years ago, when I was kind of confused because I was his daughter, Danny Thomas's daughter, and everybody was uh, referring to me as an 18-year-old actress, as, you know, would I be as good as Danny Thomas? Would I last as long? Uh, which was very intimidating, as I'm sure your kids would feel about you and, and Mehmet. Um, and I went to my dad and said, you know, I want to change my name. I don't want to be a Thomas because I, I can't take this comparison all the time. And he said, you know, I raised you to be a thoroughbred. And thoroughbreds run their own races. You just put on your blinders and you run. And you don't look at any of the other horses. You just run your own race. And that, to me, is sort of the mantra of my life. I just run my race. So I can't look to see what he or she is doing on in the other tracks. What do I want to do? And so whatever I've done has come organically from what I believe. Uh, and, and I think 
that's who I am, and I think that's something my father gave me. It was a great gift he gave me. It's it's interesting because, you know, from the time that you start on and really created that girl, this show that sort of changed the landscape of television and changed the world for women, it, it seems like from that point on, you created the opportunities you wished we all had. You know? <laughs> I mean, if they weren't there... You just went ahead and created them. Yeah, and is it's easier when you're your younger. MO? <laughs> yeah, no, it is because when you're younger, there's yeses everywhere. You know, uh, whatever you want to do, people will do it with you if you've been successful. As you get older, it, it does get harder to uh, for people to believe that you can get the audience or that you can uh, attract enough people. So um, it's always a challenge. You know, you always have to. It's like all of your life, you're trying to find the race you want to run, and and the challenge is to get people out of the way of your track so that you can run it. And that that is the challenge. And and when you asked before about, well, what is it? Was the secret sauce? I think the secret sauce is having a vision of what you really want and, and to say to yourself, I, I'm, I'm not going to color between the lines to get what I, where I want to go. I'm going to try to do it the way that I can understand it. If you, do you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have a very specific creative, artistic <laughs> expression, but you also have been a, a pillar of, of the f- feminist movement. Mm-hmm. So, and have blended those so seamlessly and, and in a way that I think no one else has before or since. Has the, has the political always been, for you, has it always been as important as the artistic expression or is it, did it just sort of grow out of the position that you were in? Well, I I think, you know, the first political thing I ever did, I was 16 years old in Los Angeles. It's it's almost pathetic to think of it because we're still fighting it. But I was running around the neighborhood getting people to sign a gun control petition Uh. when I was 16, which was a long, long time ago. And we still don't have gun control. Um, So I always had a an idea of how to that that I could have a voice in making the world better, because my dad used to say to us uh, when we were kids, if five hundred people think yay and you think nay, then you say nay. Mm. So it was in our DNA almost to speak up, you know, to have a voice. So I, I don't think that politics and acting or marriage or anything you do in your life is separate. It's all you. It's all coming from the same place. Right. I don't think I could do a part in a play or a movie if I felt that it aggrandized something that I didn't believe in. If it if it opened a conversation about something I didn't believe in, I right. could do that. But I couldn't do it if it if it made that person or that idea heroic. But like that girl was very much of a feminist mm-hmm. program. Yes. It changed the way people saw women on television. Mm-hmm. And was that intentional? Well, I didn't know that I was a feminist. I didn't even know what feminism was. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't really yeah, a name right, yeah. for it then. Exactly. Um, no, it was how I felt. You know, I always felt a little bit like an outsider growing up because all the girls I knew wanted to be married and have babies and right away, and I just didn't want to. I just found that a completely resistible idea. Uh, I mean, I know that you and Mehmet got married so young, and you have this great marriage, and I, I just— I, I'm always so impressed 
with my friends like you all that have been married since their 20s and put it together and grew together. That's kind of unusual. Well, you and Phil have a pretty long marriage. <laughs> we do. We've been married 39 years, but we got married in our 40s. Mm-hmm. It's easier when you get married older. You know who you are. The, the problem in, in marriage, I think, is that if you're an uninvolved, unevolved person and you marry an unevolved person, it's going to be kind of hard to have an evolved marriage. So most people are not that evolved, especially guys are not that evolved in their 20s. Women are more mature. Yeah, you're really just sort of placing a bet on someone. Yeah, you are placing a bet. And, (laughs) and, And so by the time we met each other, we'd already been through our trial and errors, you know, and so we were, you know, we knew who we were and we knew what we could be. I think you have to be, have to have worked a bit on yourself uh, and, ro- and sort of worked your side of the street before you can really match up with another human being and say, okay, let's throw our lot together and make a life of, of purpose and make a life of sense and and fairness and goodness and you know all those nice I things. I think people have trouble doing that solo at a young age. I think, it, you know, it, that comes with maturity a little bit. Yes. Whether you're married or single. Right. Living a life of purpose is tough Well, that's why I'm so amazed like people like you and Mehmet that you did it in your 20s, and it's still there. I've been with you two, and I know that. Well, you grow together, hopefully. You either grow together or you grow apart. Right, right. right. you got to yeah. figure it out right. and stay together. Right. I want to get back to feminism for a second because— I'm just would be so fascinated to know what your perspective is on what you see in the political landscape now and whether when you look at the various feminist movements there is no single feminist movement anymore uh-huh. what you think what you what you think when you look at well, the, well the most important scene. thing about feminism and you're right there's no single movement but it's not really about a movement it's it's about the way we live and the way we perceive men and women sharing the world equally, which is what we are attempting to do. Women are getting their voices. They're speaking up where they feel that they were abused or dismissed or whatever their uh, complaint, uh, a very worthy complaints that they are. They're speaking out. And that we're seeing women, you know, more women in Congress than ever. You know, when I was a, a teenager, my father took me uh, to Washington and he took me, he was very proud to take me to see the Senate floor. We stood up in the gallery to look down. And I was just a kid in my maybe 14, 15 years old. And I said to my father, there aren't any women. Mm. I mean, I I wasn't a feminist. I didn't know about feminism. I obviously was born a feminist. But I noticed that everybody was a white man in a suit and tie. There weren't any, I mean, I didn't even notice the racial thing at that point. I just noticed that they were all men. And... My dad looked at me like, wow, you know, he hadn't even considered that. Well, that isn't true today. So, you know, there are people who like to say that, well, the the women's movement or the feminist movement has has uh, stepped back. Not at all. I mean, there are more women running uh, Fortune 500 companies. There are more women running their own companies, start startup companies, um, women in, you know, above middle management, which when I was growing up, women were stuck in middle management, if at all. So... Um, I think the great thing that's happened for this, for our country and possibly the world, is that women are seen as viable for any kind of job and any kind of position, including the president of the United States. Which don't forget, we had the first, you know, woman woman as a nominee for a major party in Hillary Clinton. Uh, so, and soon we will have a, a female president for sure. But that isn't the ultimate. You know, what's the ultimate is that women are everywhere. That's the most important thing. 
When we come back, we're going to speak more with this amazing woman, Marla Thomas. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I want to talk a little bit about reinvention. And you've had so many different careers, Mm -hmm. um, all sort of in the same vein, but you've written books and you've hosted podcasts and um, and been an, an actress and and really run St. Jude. Yes. <laughs> um, so I wanted to touch a little bit on these other projects that you do. One is It Ain't Over, which is a book and a web series. Mm-hmm. Can you? Is that just a, a, something that you're very passionate about? How did that come about? Well, you know, when I travel uh, and and speak for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital around the country. Uh, in the question and answer period, a lot of people, you know, ask me questions about St. Jude and about illness and so forth. But a lot of women stand up and talk about themselves and ask me questions why they think I have the answer. I don't know because I don't have the answer to people's questions about their own lives. But the questions themselves are revealing to me, too, because I learn from the question, as you know. And so uh, a woman will get up and say, you know, I... I uh, my whole life I, I gave to my family, and now I'm 42 years old, and I'm kind of out of a job. My kids have grown up, and they don't really need me anymore, and I'm not sure how to start again. And so, someone would, another one would raise their hand and say, well, you know what? You could go, you could become an intern somewhere and, and learn a new field. People would be happy to hire you if you don't cost anything, you know? And so I was learning a lot uh, from what women were talking about, and I thought, you know, it's really true what Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. 
And your life should not be over in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s or 70s or at any time. But for many women in Hollywood, it, it was yes. and is. Yeah, because, because they feel that they're no longer marketable. Be, even uh, women have told me that even to be a hostess in a restaurant or a receptionist in a beauty parlor, they want to put somebody in their 20s at the front desk. Oh, yeah. You Ageism know? is right. very so, real in almost every field. Right. And, and so— And much more so for women. And that and that is uh, very intimidating for to go out on a job interview and know, okay, at 40 years old, I'm too old to be even a receptionist which doesn't take a tremendous amount of skill. I mean, you do have to be able to be organized and multitask, but many women do that. If Anybody who's run a house can multitask. So we've got the skills for it. So what do you? how do you get back into the job market? And if you've been out of the job market for 15 years, you've lost your place in line. So you have to really start over. And uh, so this book is a story of about 60 women who uh, started over after 40. One of the... And some of them are sixty, but they started all kinds of different companies um, and, and 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 industries. Really, one of the stories I loved was a a woman who was like thirty eight years old, and um, she's working for this doctor. She was a college grad and all, and she. Um, uh, was kind of like like a paralegal to a doctor, whatever that's called. You know that better than me. A, a PA, yeah, a physician assistant. A PA or something. Yeah. yeah. She said to this doctor one day, "You know, I really, and the, being with you makes me realize how much I really wanted to be a doctor, but you know, I just didn't go for it. You know, when I was the right age." And he said, "Well, you could go for it now." And and she said, "Well, I'm I'm going to be forty. You know." In two years, she said, well, you're going to be 40 anyway, so you might as well go after what you want. And so she did. She went to med school, and she became a doctor. She's in her 50s, and she's a doctor. She got her dream. She decided that what? why should age stop me? Because you can be a doctor till you're 75. You know what? So this doctor said this one thing to her, you're going to be 40 anyway, so do it. And, and I the think, time the time's going to pass. Right. So exactly. So use put it, it for what you really want right, to use it exactly. for. Exactly. Imagine spending the rest of your life from the time you're 38 wishing you'd done something. It can never be too late. You know, you you need to go go after your dream and so that's what the book is about and what I the the mail that I got on this book was was really amazing. I think more mail than I've ever received on any book from women saying thank you for these stories. I really, you know, when you when you read sixty stories in a row of women who had given up and decided now to move forward, it's pretty inspiring. I mean, yeah. it inspired me, and I'm not a person who's sitting so, still. What did you draw from it? Because it, it feels like you are a master of reinvention, and your creativity is sort of unstoppable. But it's what was the was there a kernel that you drew from these stories that helped you personally? Yes, the the idea that we sometimes listen to the voice in our head that brings us down. You know, there's so many voices in our heads. It, you, it's a decision for all of us to turn the volume up on the one that we really need. You know, because you can hear the voice that says, "Oh, it's too late. You can't do this now." And there's another voice that says, "Well, you know, Lisa did it, or so, your mom did it, or your mother didn't do it, or whatever it is." You have all these little voices, and you have to really uh, look around you. You know, notice how other people are are making it work for them. And that's what I think a book like that does. And there are other books that do it as well. But this book was geared just for women to say it ain't over, let's over, uh, meaning that don't don't take anybody else's uh, idea of what 
of what you can do. I have a saying that I have hanging near my desk, and it's called, never face the facts. <laughs> because if you face the facts, you won't even get out of bed in the morning. You know, why should you be the one to have a, a podcast, right? Why should you be the one not to have flies all over your face and living in starving hunger? You know, why is it that you're here? And, and so I, I, I think the, the uh, idea of never face the facts it means don't face the facts in your head and don't face the facts that everybody else tells you are the facts. Hmm. You you mentioned sort of phases of life in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Your career has spanned. Can you can you go through some of the decades and just tell us what you associate with each decade of your life? Oh god, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's just no, not possible. I'm not a historian of my own life. You know, well, no. right, I'm going to skip well, maybe forward that's your, to one. Maybe that's your secret. Is that uh, you're just so uh, completely in the present. I think I am in the present. In fact, I had a friend one time tell me that. He said you're doomed to live in the present. <laughs> oh, I don't think I know of one thing, one decade, I guess it was the 70s where you did free to be you and me. Uh-huh. And I think you touched every woman that I know. So oh, deeply. Thank you. That's so nice. I mean, it was really. Oh, nobody's being nice here. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Thank you. That was the soundtrack of my girlhood. Yeah. And it absolutely changed the narrative in my head about my future and oh. who I was, and also who men were. I mean, I I distinctly remember, you know, one of the themes uh, on that record is that women can get out and pursue whatever career they want, but also that men can be nurturing. Yeah. And particularly— Mommies and daddies mommies are people. Mommies and daddies, and daddies can be the nurturing the right. nurturing ones just as mommies can. And I remember having a, a dinner with a friend of mine and, and my mom, and she asked the two of us, you know, so how are you going to—what do you think you're going to do about work and having babies? And I announced confidently, well, I'm going to have a job, and I'm going to have kids, and that that— that's what I'm going to do. And she said, well, how are you going to do that? How, how are you going to manage that? Who's going to take care of those kids? And she was just speaking from her heart and from her experience and her generation. And I said, well, it won't be just me. I mean, I'm going to do this with my children's father. And, <laughs> and, and she said, expressed a lot of doubt about right. whether I was going to get So then you played the record for her. <laughs> <laughs> she bought me the record, by the way, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. But that she knew... She gave me a tool, right. but she didn't have that tool herself. And I said, well, he's going to do half of it. Right. That's the great thing about each generation. Yeah. They bring, you know, they bring a new uh, reality. I, I was utterly convicted in this yeah. belief, and she was utterly convicted in the opposite yeah. one. And as it so happens. Well, it's like when she, I— She said, well, how, how will you get, find this man? I, I, I said, well, I won't marry one who won't do that. <laughs> that's right. And I didn't. I know. And he does. Yeah. And that's just that's the way great. it is. That's great. But, Yeah. When I married Phil, we were living in two different cities. I was working in L.A., and he was working in Chicago. And my, uh, an aunt of mine said, that's not a marriage. And I remember thinking when she said that, that's probably why I never wanted to be married, was that idea that, you know, that if you had to work in two different cities, and obviously we got together every weekend and we figured out everything that we could during the week and all. But if that's what you had to do in your life to have your work and your love and your marriage— Marriage wasn't roomy enough for that in other definitions. Our marriage was roomy enough for that, and then obviously uh, we, you know, we put it all together and moved to New York and were able to live together. But to my aunt, 
That wasn't a marriage. That's not a marriage, she said. And that's what that's the problem. We live by other definitions that are much more, for want of a better word, constipated than, than, uh, than is the truth. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about your marriage. So. Okay. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Before the break, we just barely touched on yours and Phil's marriage. 39 years, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a beautiful relationship. And it's such a it's such a combining of equals. It's really an inspiration. Can you share with our listeners the story of how you guys met and got together in your date? Because you told us, <laughs> I did told tell me you. and Mehmet, and it's such a great story <laughs> well, by I went, your early years. I know. Well, I went on his show. Uh, the Donahue show was not in L.A. or New York when I went on the Donahue show in Chicago for a movie that I had been that I had done. And um, so when I, you know, I didn't know what he looked like or who he was or anything. And when he walked into the green room. Honest to God, my heart just went pitter-patter, those big blue eyes and the white hair, and he was just so male in his whole uh, being. And he said to me, I want to talk about your mother. Would that be okay? And I thought, my mother? Nobody ever asked about my mother. Johnny Carson never wanted to know about my mother, right? Everybody wanted to know about my famous father. So I thought, I said, sure, yeah, of course. I thought, wow. Um, And he had a female audience, and he thought the female audience would be interested in who's the mother of this woman, right? Anyway, um... So we got on the show, and we just started flirting with each other, and I was talking about feminism, and he said to me, you know, how did a girl like you get away and not get married? I was like, you know, in my mid-30s, and I said, oh, I'm never getting married. I don't believe in marriage. And uh, and then I was saying, 
very feminist things like, oh, Phil, oh, Phil, you're so funny, Phil. <laughs> I made a t- total fool of myself. My hormones were raging, as were his. And uh, and then, you know, afterward, we he asked me to dinner, and, and that was it. We just became us. Love at first talk yeah, show episode. <laughs> I think also because a talk show in those days, his show wasn't one hour, one hour, one guest. So in one hour... Unlike with Mehmet, you know, he does, my God, a thousand topics in one hour. Uh, In the Today Show, all those shows, they do a lot of topics. But you have one guest for one hour. You get to know that guest pretty well. You get to a lot of questions, a lot of answers, a lot of play, back play. Incredible treasure that you have on film. Yeah. The spark. Right. Like the first date. Yeah, the first date. Exactly. Televised from many people. His staff gave it to us as a wedding gift. Wow. Uh, the 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 show it was fun. It's fun to have, but but uh, but that was it. I mean, that one hour of just focusing on each other is different than most talk shows. Well, like I made the joke about Johnny Carson. When I went the Johnny Carson show, it was like what six minutes. There wasn't enough time for a spark. <laughs> Though it wouldn't have happened anyway. It had been two hours. <laughs> he wasn't my type. But from that one meeting, 30 cut to 39 years later, you guys are still together. And that is almost unheard of in Hollywood. And to have two, forget it, one superstar and another person, they don't last, two superstars. That's two big egos. How, yeah, we've seen the most spectacular breakups when it involves two enormous yeah, stars. Yeah, what? what how well, do you do that dance of, well, our first year I'm was, the star, no, I'm the star? Uh, well, no, it wasn't about being, the, I'm the star, I'm the star. What it is about is the 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 built-in or the, the built-in personality, first of all, you're a type A personality, and then what you've sort of gathered along the way about the way that you're the boss of things, right? I ran my own show, he ran his own show. Um, you know, we were big individuals in our own sphere in our own life. Um, And so when these two type A personalities came together, each of us expected the other one to bend to the other one because that's what we were used to. And so the first year of our marriage was difficult. We did a lot of fighting, a lot of power struggle, I think. And then after a while, it just became apparent that we said to each other one day, you know, we're going to come to the end of this argument anyway, so we might as well just stop now. <laughs> you know, we're not going to— Do you still use that? What? Do you still use that that fight trick? Well, we don't really fight that much yeah. anymore. I mean, after 39 years, you kind of, like, lay down the guns and the swords yeah. and everything. Uh, yeah, we don't—I mean, when we have a fight, we have a fight. You know, like everybody, yeah. we, we fight over whatever it is. You know, you're taking too much luggage, or you took too long to do this, or you didn't come when you said you'd come, or I don't like his wife. Do we have to go to there? You know? <laughs> Those kinds of arguments. You're yes. not arguing over anything big. Nothing the big, big. stuff's been You've worked solved it out. a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we still fight over how much luggage I take. Uh, <laughs> it's characterologically impossible for me not to take a lot of shoes when I travel. <laughs> you uh, need I, them I, all. I, I need them all. You never know where you're going to go. Um, but we've gotten through all of that. So now when we fight, we fight, and it doesn't go on very long. So you, as a couple, inspire many people. Who inspires you, couples out there? Couples? Well, I thought Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward had a terrific marriage, and Lisa and Mehmet have a terrific marriage. Inspires uh, me. So there are there are many couples who work together, and and uh, that that to me is really exciting. One like at St. Jude, we have scientific couples who work together as as, as science 
you know, science partners. I find that really interesting because that's a field in which people are um, sort of running on on, on an instinct. And if, and if somebody takes you off the wrong road, it, you know, it could divert, you know, your path. So I find scientists who work together pretty pretty exciting. And I'll tell you who's also very exciting, they've been married 73 years, is Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter. Yes. Oh, my goodness. 73 wow. years they've been married. That's and incredible. they do so much together. They run that Carter Center together. They do the Habitat together. I mean, they're just an amazing couple. They're in their 90s. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, uh, lunch with them a couple of months ago. And they still um, bicker in in the in the nicest way. Like he'll say, "No, no, that's not the way it was." Well, she said, "Well, you don't remember those kinds of <laughs> you know, just exactly it's an alive marriage." They read the Bible together in Spanish because they learned how to speak Spanish, and they're just they're darling, and they're they're alive and real. That's the thing, you know. A lot of marriages sort of peter out. They don't even. It's not like they fight it out. They just sort of peter out. And when you see a, a couple like that that's been married over 70 years and they're in their 90s and they're still alive, that's the goal. I don't think the goal is the length of time. It's great that I've been married 39 years. How, how many years have you been married, Lisa? 34. 24 years? 34. 34. So 34 years is an amazing amount of time to be married. But that's not the exciting part. The exciting part is how alive is your marriage? Of course you should be arguing about something. If you're two different people. You're going to be arguing. Um, and you're going to be uh, arguing too because you're showing the other person something new. Yeah. You know, none of us wants to be told that the way we did it before isn't the best way. Yeah, so a we're friend telling- of mine knew her marriage was over when she just didn't care so much anymore. Right, exactly. About the things the things they had fought about. And right. And was a teeny tiny right. kiss with another woman. Yeah. Which would have, I mean, I would have had to be scraped off the what? ceiling. <laughs> and And yes, and she was totally non yeah, well, that's it's dead. It. Yeah, and it was yeah. dead. Yeah, I mean, the, well, the, the scary fact part kissing other women still is uh, well, a good yes, indicator. That was not a good sign. But an <laughs> no, even I mean, worse it's, sign like, was it's that like she a it's like a plant. You have to water it. You know, you can't not water your marriage and give it nutrition. It's it's. Uh, somebody was telling me that there are three thing three three uh, people in a marriage or three uh, alive things in a marriage. The husband, the wife, and the marriage. Yeah. So the husband and the wife have to sacrifice certain things for the marriage because the marriage is a living thing. Mm-hmm. And you can't just be selfish and say, I want this or I need this. It's, can the marriage stand this? Can the marriage tolerate this other thing? You know, and that that's a big, that, that, if you don't understand that, then you can't have a marriage that lasts. Yeah. Okay. Before we go, I actually want to give you an opportunity to tell us about St. Jude, because that's another thing that you have, a, another relationship, another entity, so to speak, like a marriage yeah. that you've de- devoted a lot to. And I just want you to be able to brag a little bit, because it is, I mean, your dad did an incredible job, but what you and Tony, your brother, have done is as remarkable. It is a multi-billion dollar <laughs> charity now. And, it and has you are synonymous with it. Millions of lives. So Thank can, you. can you just tell us a little bit about St. Jude? All right. Well, I have to like try to condense it because I could. <laughs> we could do four shows on St. Jude Children's Research <laughs> Hospital. But the great thing about St. Jude is that it, 
what distinguishes St. Jude is that it's a research center and a treatment center under one roof. And there are a lot of wonderful hospitals in this country, children's hospitals, and we collaborate with most of them. But they're just working on what they know, and we're working on what nobody knows because we're a research center. That's what's exciting about it. And so I'm going there actually on Wednesday for three days for board meetings, and um and we'll always get a scientific briefing as to what's new that's been that's happening, and that's very exciting. To like, we it was just announced that we figured out how to um, to cure that bubble boy disease. It was we did a big, uh, you know, but the little children had to live in a bubble. Yes. Well, we're now curing that. That was something that had not ever been cured before. So. We're always working on diseases, cancer and, and other diseases. And so a lot of that, it takes an awful lot of money to, uh, to pay for the science and the research and then the clinic and the treatment. And then my father made a promise that nobody would pay for anything. So no family pays for travel or treatment or travel or housing or food. So that... That means that it would cost us about $3 million a day to run St. Jude. So that's a, a huge responsibility that my brother Tony and my sister Terry and I have taken on. And uh, we have to raise uh, over a billion dollars a year. Well, listeners, if you're out there, you can go to stjude.org to give money. <laughs> thank you. Because it is a phenomenal cause. Thank you. Well, Marla, thank you for being here today. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I would love meeting both of you. Um, if you want to connect more with Marlo, go to our Facebook page, at Marlo Thomas. Yes, thank you from me as well. And thank you to our producer, Alicia Haywood. Thanks to everyone for listening. This was an amazing episode. Thank you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.